my brothers and sisters, Jesus' first inaugural miracle is referred to in the Gospel of John as a sign. Signs signify something. They have meaning. They have a symbolic function. So they're not just miracles or wonders to let us know that divine power is behind and guarantees Jesus' mission and his teaching. In addition to that, they have context to them, meaningful, intelligible context. God is speaking to us through them. And the significance, the meaning of Jesus' first sign is summed up in the phrase that the head waiter says to the bridegroom. He says, you know, with most people, how it works is that you get the good stuff first. And then when everybody's, you know, got a little bit of inebriated, they can't tell the difference, you know, then you can give them some sort of inferior stuff afterwards. But when you, you save the best for last. My brothers and sisters, God saves the best for last. This first of Jesus' signs is a contrast for us between the ways of men and the ways of God. When it comes to human beings, when it comes to men, we serve good, but inevitably there's some, because of original sin, inevitably there's some kind of an internal corruption that takes place and we kind of decline from there and we end bad. But with God, we begin with the good, we go on to the better, and He saves the best for last. With the ways of men, there is, as it were, a kind of inevitable, necessary chain of cause and effects. From one bad thing to another bad thing to worse things so forth and so on. There's this kind of decadence or decay, this necessary chain of stimulus and response and a lack of freedom. But with God, History and the future are open. They're not determined by the bad. God is free of the bad. And he can intervene in human affairs. It's not a closed system for him. There can be divine, transcendent novelty injected into the affairs of human beings. So the ways of men and that natural process of corruption decadence that takes place can be arrested and God surprises and unexpected hopeful good things can be manifest. That's the ways of God as opposed to the ways of men. Here's a contrast for you. I'm going to speak about the ways of men. Right now I'm listening to a big audio so on my phone, I've got all these audiobooks, and I listen to them in the car, and that's what I, gives me my material for my hands. So I'm listening right now to a famous novel by the Russian author Dostoevsky. Dostoevsky. And 
demons or the devils. But a very, very literal translation of the title would be the possessors. Dostoevsky wrote this novel within the context of Russian culture in 1872. That's 50 years before the Bolshevik Revolution and the introduction of communism and the overthrows of Russia and all sorts of things. So 50 years before. And what he saw was all of these isms ideologies were like demons that were flooding into Russia from where? From France, from Germany. He had all these isms, materialism, positivism, socialism, nihilism, atheism, communism. Okay? All these isms were coming in. And they were like these immaterial, spiritual demons that were driving people to do terrible things. And so what's remarkable about this novel is that he, it, the kind of the main plot of the novel is these secret societies that have been formed with these revolutionaries. And the revolutionaries are talking about things that would become fulfilled it's almost like Dostoevsky is a prophet. These conspirators, these revolutionaries, they say things like, oh yeah, we're going we're gonna to turn all of Russia and all of the world into a massive, we're going to promise them freedom, unlimited freedom, but at the end of the day, only a small percentage of the population is going to be free. Everybody else is going to be slaves, like a herd of animals, driven by the rulers. There will be equality in all rights, but it will be an equality of slaves. And order will be kept through fear. And family members will spy on each other and inform on one another to the government. And there's a running joke throughout the novel amongst the conspirators that all Insight into the ways of men. 
you know what I'm more impressed by? The ways of God. My brothers and sisters, when it comes to God, that inevitable process of corruption, of bad going to worse, can be arrested. God intervenes. Humans are not reduced to machines or animals, but there's freedom, and God's grace gives hope. At the beginning of the Second Vatican Council, Pope John XXIII talked about prophets of doom, prophets of calamities. He said, you know what? We're not going to listen to them for now. God can take the bad and manifest his superior plan and give us hope through the ways of men and the ways of God will triumph. In our own lives, in our own lives, think about the different relationships we have. Sometimes people really they despair. You know, they're in a marriage and they say, oh, I can't change anything about this marriage. you got a relationship with a family member and it seems like you're running on a preformed script. Okay, that person says one nasty thing, makes you feel this bad way, you react this thing, okay, so forth and so on. Like we're trained animals, or like we're machines, even though those expressions make you really push my buttons. You know, as if we're a living machine. Right? That's the ways of men. But God's grace says to us, that's not necessary. Because we're not machines, we're not animals who can be conditioned like that loves dog.
Therefore we have a reason not to let ourselves become obsessed, as Pope John XXIII said, by the prophets of doom who say, Well, the church, it's time behind her, it's now time for her to die. No, the church is ever renewed. She is always reborn. The future belongs to us.